Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chicks No Ship podcast. Today, my guest is Mary Kay Duffy, who is a, an entrepreneur who has built a multi-million dollar beauty business and who is passionate about guiding people to create their purposeful lives. Now, Mary Kay and I had a conversation, I guess it was about a week ago, and she said this sentence to me that just like rang so true. And she talked about moving from your default life to your inspired future. And this rang so true for me because I have spent most of my life living the default life until I made a decision to change it. That's Mary Kay's story as well, which we are also going to get into. But so many of us, you know, just live life unconsciously. We just do the thing day in, day out, day in, day out, not recognizing that we have choice, right? That we can choose something different. And I think this is such an important topic. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today, Mary Kay. Welcome. Um, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to dive in. This is such a juicy topic that I think yeah. so many women, particularly as what I call the primetime woman, right? Like yeah. 45 and older. I think this is something that we really deal with. And it is a pleasure to be here. I can't wait to dive in. And I feel like, especially now, like in this day and age that we're living in, in this time post-COVID, you know, everything else that's happened, we need more and more women to kind of really step into conscious choice and like really owning who they are and their gifts and their power in this world. Because I honestly, I truly believe that women will change the world. Oh my gosh. And, you know, it's so interesting you say that because my experience and I work with tens of thousands of women in my business, you know, all the time. And I've been doing my business now for almost 10 years. And so I've really kind of been so fortunate and so grateful to be able to see women in this sort of demographic that we're discussing today mm -hmm. and how when they do choose themselves, a ripple effect happens. Yeah, it, exactly. It is so beautiful. And it is like that caterpillar becoming the butterfly. And, you know, the more you choose you, the more doors open, the more magic shows up, the more greatness gets yeah. up. And Yes, you're right. When women do that, because we're nurturers by nature, right? Exactly. We're nurturers, and we want to give. And, you know, and when we recognize that and we see that magic unlocking and we become more confident and grounded in who we are, the world changes. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it said that when a woman succeeds, you know, her family succeeds, her community succeeds, and it's just this like ripple effect outwards, like you're talking about. Right. So tell us a little bit about your journey from the default life to your inspired future. And I want to talk, I'm going to ask you a question after we do that about purpose and inspired future. But tell us a little bit before we get there, what your journey was like. Okay. So, you know, and many people might relate to this. I'm a child of the, you know, born in the seventies, raised in the eighties. And a lot of that generation was really, you should be seen, not heard. Hmm. And that was very much my upbringing. I was raised in a Catholic Irish home and it was very much like the message, I guess, 
thoughts that I was receiving as a young girl was, if I speak my mind and if I have an opinion, I'm being selfish because what you have to say doesn't matter. Just peace at all cost. Please others. You should be seen, not heard. Listen to what others have to say. You know, make others the center of attention, not you. So the messaging was really, you know, just sit there and wear beige <laughs> and right. melt the wallpaper and really even having emotion was always shut down in my childhood. You know, crying was a sign of weakness and showing mm. emotion was a sign of weakness. So you grow up really just not understanding that you even have an opinion, you know, right. because it, that's not developed. And so that was very much my upbringing. And it was really... And I think this is subconscious, really. You know, I don't think you're consciously aware that you're all of a sudden not choosing and making a choice in your life. You're just kind of going along. For sure. You know, and everything from where I'm going to go to high school to where I'm going to go to college to what religion I'm going to practice to what political party I'm going to be affiliated with to the proper friend that I can bring home to my house and even into boyfriends and relationships when I started to date it was very clear that I wasn't going to be able to choose. Mm. It was going to be told to me that this is what is acceptable and this is what's not. So yeah, to say I lived a default life is pretty much an understatement. I lived according to what other people were expecting of me. Even if it's not necessarily the way your family was raised, like raised you, but there is just like cultural expectation about the way things should go right? Like go to school, get a good job, you know, go through the ranks. And maybe that's not really what you want to do. Maybe you want it to be an artist, but it's like, oh, artists don't make money. But there's just like a cultural narrative that says, follow this path. This is the acceptable path. Yeah. The acceptable path. This is the path that's going to give you more opportunity or this is the path that, you know, what fill in the blank, right? This is the path that you should take. I remember my first dream as a child was to be a broadcaster, to be a news (laughs) broadcaster. And I remember very specifically voicing that to my mom and her answer back was, that's one in a million. Oh. And it was my mom protecting me. Like I want to be very clear, right? I don't think our our parents were trying to hold us back or keep us small or anything like that. It was just a, it was a blanket to protect us from, from actual failure. Yeah. Because in my mom's mind, I'm going to fail at that. Mm. Right. And so I want to protect my daughter from that pain. Yeah. So there was very much the, take the easy way, take the easy way, take the easy way. Don't take risks. Right. Right. Risk is scary. And, you know, we now know as a more evolved woman, right. I now know that risk is where all the juiciness is, right. Yeah. Making choices and taking chances and saying yes to opportunity is where all the juiciness is. And that did not come as we discussed last week, Jennifer, until my almost 40th year of my life. And at this point, I had graduated college. I had went to Wall Street. I was working for J.P. Morgan Chase for almost 10 years, selling high-yield bonds in the middle of Manhattan, thinking I'm on top of the world, right? A great job, paying the bills, living in Manhattan. I was newly married, had my first child at about the age of, I don't know, I guess I was about 32 or so, and I had my first baby, and very much just going with the motions, Mm-hmm. Going with the motions, surviving, not living is the mm-hmm. best way I can describe it. But that became my norm. And I think right. a lot of people can relate to that too, right? That yeah. just becomes the norm. So you don't even know to ask any more questions or, yeah. you know, or say, is there more? 
or because in all accounts, I was living a beautiful life, but inside I was dead. Right. I was completely void of any purpose or passion or real joy. Mm -hmm. And I just thought this is what it's going to be. Yeah. This this is is life. (laughs) This is life. This is life. And I lost my brother tragically on September 11th of 2001. And that kind of rocked my world. And, you know, anyone who's experienced tragedy and trauma can probably understand that that's a moment where you start to really look at your life. And I remember that being a crossroad for me because my entire worth was really wrapped up in my brother. We were extremely close. He was my best friend. We both worked on the street. He lived down the street from me in Manhattan. His friends are my friends and my friends are his friends. And he was robbed out of my life um, very tragically and instantly. Right. And so I started to say, good God, who am I now? How do I navigate this? Right. And that's really when I started to ask those questions, those difficult questions of, am I happy? You Uh know, am I on my path? And am I living a life well lived? Because really, you know, death became very, that was the first experience that I really had of of death in a tragic way like that. So the fragility of life really became Mm -hmm. um, very obvious and very, very powerful in my mind. So that was really the beginning. That was the beginning of saying, you know, who am I? What do I want? And if anyone can relate to this, at first I thought, how the heck can I go and be a dreamer now? You know, I kind of thought I was right. done, you know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm now in my thirties and I'm, I'm just trying to get by with, you know, a job on wall street and trying to build my career there and trying to find love at that point in my life. So it's hard. It's very challenging to ask those questions and to dig deep yeah. and to go on a journey of, of really wanting more. And did you ever have the experience? Because I know this happens for a lot of us where you know, you, you can finally admit to yourself that like, I'm not happy, right? This is it. But then you think, oh, there must be something wrong with me. I should be grateful. Like so many people don't even have a roof over their head. Some people are struggling to put food on the table. I have all of that. So what's wrong with me? And really like just discounting your own desire, right? Yeah. For something different. Did you have that experience? I had that experience. Like I couldn't even tell you so, so, yeah. so much because when I, so I was even in a loveless marriage at this point. Right. Mm. And so, but yet again, not really realizing it kind of thinking this is what I'm worth, you know what I'm saying? And maybe people realize that too, you know, you're sitting in these relationships in your life and you start to think, but this is what I deserve, you know, and there's nothing to really measure it on either. Right. Because I thought that that was what I deserved. And I thought that, you know, marriage is challenging. Marriage is tough. And this is just what I have to deal with. And I started to feel just what you were saying. How dare I, how dare I ask for more? I'm living in New York city. I have a great job. I'm married. I had at this point, two children. You get stuck in that spot of I don't deserve more. I'm selfish if I ask for more. Yeah. 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 So true. And, you know, it really is, you know, I see it now for what it was, but I experienced that for so many years. It's like a mechanism that our brain throws at us, right? To say, do not step out of your comfort zone. This is all you need right here. Right. And then like to throw that, like, oh, you ungrateful. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, let me just find ways to be happy. And you can do that for a period of time until that thing comes up again. 
right? Where, you know, and then you end up in this cycle, which I think so many of us get stuck get in stuck. the default life. Yes. Because your mind is loud. It screams and your heart whispers, right? And so what's easier to listen to? What's going to dominate if you're not aware of that? You know, right. if you're not aware that that's what's happening, you know, and really try to do the work to just drop into that heart center, because that's where all the answers really are. And that's where you, ha- you need to trust. And I, yeah. I think, you know, it's challenging for us women to trust that because our mind is a liar and it's, it's hardwired sometimes, you know, yeah. and it goes back to childhood experiences and circumstances and things that have happened to us in our lives. And everyone has it, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has that stuff to deal with. And the, the mind is a liar. It's there to keep us safe, right? So it wants right. to show us all the scariest things or scariest outcomes, but the heart knows we'll be safe. And the heart knows we're going to be okay. Yeah. So I know I want to get to the rest of your story, but I want to touch on something here is around the trust piece. And you and I talked a little bit about this before that I think as women, we have never, ever been taught how to trust ourselves. Like we've always been shown like everything from, you know, our value in the world is what we do for other people. You know, are we physically pleasing, right? There's always some kind of, you know, external reference, right? Am I a good mom? Am I a good sister? There's some kind of external reference for our own measure. And so when things come from inside us, right, we then hold that up against the external and go, okay, this is going to mess up that person's life. This is not going to impact this person this way. And then we put ourselves last on the list. Like we don't trust that thing that we have. Absolutely. And we all have it. We all have that intuition. We all have that that gut feeling. And so many times we ignore it because I think, and this has been my experience, is that it, it is, and this is going to sound so silly and small, but it's scary. It's, it's just plain scary. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, because, because you just, you start to think of who am I going to upset? You yeah. know, who's going to be angry with me? Who am I going to lose? What do I have to sacrifice? You know, you go on a journey of looking for yourself and trying to find your passion and your most purposeful life. There's going to be things that have to go, right? Sometimes they're habits, sometimes they're behaviors, sometimes they're friends, sometimes Mm -hmm. they're loved ones. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that's scary, but it is so unbelievably amazing on the other side when you do choose you and you trust yourself and you start to surround yourself with the people that lift you. Right. Yeah. And that turn your lights on instead of dimming your lights. And that's been it for me is that the minute I started to trust myself, and I still go on this, and there's days where, you know, I'm like, "Mm, I need to ask two or three people if this is a good decision. (laughs) I think we all do. Yeah. Um, Let me, let me just check in with a couple of, uh, you know, key support people in my life. But every single time I trust me, it's, been the right answer. And it's led me in an even more beautiful direction, even if you don't see it at the start. But for sure, we've all been raised to not listen to that. We've definitely, I believe, been conditioned to really say it's about what others think or, you know, we fear judgment, we fear rejection, and that's a human experience. Mm -hmm. But yeah, trusting yourself is my sort of passion for women now is to help others really see that they are the joy keeper, right? They're the gatekeeper of their joy. And that joy is really based in trusting yourself and making decisions that, that really are for your putting yourself first 
and then everything else will fall into place. So, yeah. And it's interesting that, cause I mean, I have the same experience of you, like as you where you know, there are days where I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Is this the right thing to do? And then I will ask somebody and actually the process of asking helps me get clear because when I hear their answer back, their answer either feels good to me or doesn't feel good to me. Right. And then I was like, Oh, okay. I knew all along, really, I knew all along, but I'm just doing this thing as like a validation. Right. Yes. And I, I just need to hear what they're going to say. Right. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yeah. So tell us then, so you're living this default life, you, you know, recognize like you're, you're, you know, you lose your brother. Like, I can't even imagine what that must've felt like, like you're in the throes of grief, you know, you're recognizing that life is short. Yeah. How do you then take that next step? Like, well, how does the creating your inspired future come about? So the grieving process for me was quite long. It was at least 10 years before I was even willing to look at, you know, the effect of that event and the effect of not no longer having my brother in my life. So it was it was quite a long process and I I really uh looked in all the wrong places for joy for those 10 years. I was really looking uh just for an escape, really, mm-hmm. which led me to a couple of more default choices in my life and really just trying to do anything that was going to be something that somebody would think was a good choice or would think that she's on the right path or it was always externally how I looked to people that was really important to me, really important to me to the detriment of my own joy for sure. But it was really about, and I, I call it the imposter syndrome. I think people can really relate to that, but I was, I was really living a very fraudulent life because I was just trying to be loved out there. So the process really started for me when, you know, and you and I have talked about this, when I really started to tap into my spirituality and really start to recognize that there is a higher power for me and there is a higher version of self that I was ignoring. And for me, it came through with my brother my brother really found a way to send me signs to speak to me in a really beautiful way, but a very scary way that at the beginning I I ignored. But then I really started to say, okay, there's something here. And what I kept hearing was, there is a purpose for you, Mary Kay. There is a purpose for you. And that's a scary thought too, because it's like, well, what? (laughs) What now? (laughs) You know? And I just started to ask myself questions like, what am I passionate about? If I had an extra hour in the day, what would I love to do? And it always came back to helping others look and feel beautiful. Like makeup and skincare was always of interest to me. Reading fashion magazines was always of interest to me. And at first I was like, how vain? Why am I being so vain? But I came to realize that I was really healing the little girl in me that Mm. thought she was very ugly and unlovable, right? Mm. So craziest story was I then went to work for a fashion boutique because I thought, let me, you know, go and work in fashion. If I love clothes, if I love beauty, let me go work in fashion and ended up not feeling fulfilled in that either. But the entrepreneurial life came knocking on my door in the form of network marketing. And there was a new opportunity that was starting up in the beauty business. And I wanted to say no, Jennifer, so badly. I'm telling you that head, (laughs) that default MK came knocking down my door. Who do you think you are? You're too big for your britches. You're not a leader, an entrepreneur. I could barely even spell the name. I mean, it all, every fear of judgment and failure came barreling 
down. And it was a moment of, I'm, there's no way I can do this. This is, I'm not Uh capable of this. Uh And the voice that I kept hearing at that point was, it's not in the how, it's in the allow. Uh And I kept hearing that, Mary Kay, it's not in the how, it's in the allow. It's not in the how, it's in the allow. And I was like, and I, I have chills saying it right now, Jennifer, in this moment, because that I do believe that people can relate to this, that there are those voices that are trying to come to us, that are trying to give us messages, that are trying to support us if we're asking for it and if we're yeah. seeking it, right? And so it's not in the how, it's in the allow, it's not in the how. So every time I tried to say no to that opportunity, because it came at me quite a few times, because at first I said, oh gosh, you know, that's not me. That's not me. I'm not a leader. You know, the opportunity that was presented to me as a little girl was find a man that can give you the life you want, right? right. So words like entrepreneur, empowerment, these were never words I grew up with. So of course, I'm going to feel completely inadequate to do that job that's being asked of me, right? Mm-hmm. And someone believed in me before I believed in myself. And that is the CEO of the company I work for. And I remember very specifically, she saying to me, I know you can do this. And whether you believe it or not, I know you can do this. And so I just jumped in and I said, I'm going to do this. So the first thing that I tell everyone that's looking for a more inspired future is if you don't believe in yourself yet, find someone who does or find mm. a group of people that do. I love that. You know, share your dreams, share your visions, share your hopes for the future, share your wildest, most insanely crazy idea of what your life could be. And then surround yourself with somebody who says you can do that. Right. And so it's not in the how it's in the allow. It's not in the how it's in the allow. And I really started to show up for that business in a way that really surprised me. I had no idea I had that kind of perseverance. I had no idea I had that kind of grit or hustle, but when you get really clear on what you want, it comes out like a wildfire, you know, and little by little with every small accomplishment, with every small win and failure. I mean, I learned so much more from my days of failure than I did from my wins, but I really learned to celebrate every step of the way. And that, that started to build this confidence in me that I was like, I can do this. This can be for me. It's not just somebody else that gets to live the way they want to live. It's not just somebody else that gets lucky. You know, like there's really no getting lucky. It's like, you're just saying, I want more and you're trusting the process and you're Mm -hmm. marrying that process and you're divorcing the results and you're just showing up every day in full trust and faith. Right. And that's not to say that you don't need to have the support of a good company behind you or the support, obviously, of good people behind you. You know, you need all those things and for sure do your research about all those things. But really, what started me on my inspired future was just understanding that I can do this and I do get to have a life I deserve. And there is a choice. And I get to wake up every single day and make that choice. And if I make that choice, Is it going to be an uphill battle some days? Is there going to be mountains to climb? Absolutely. But that's the joy in the journey, right? That's the joy in the journey. And that's where you start to learn what you're made of, what you're capable of, the courage you have. It's so easy to live a default life and it's comfortable. It's very comfortable. It's very comfortable. But in my opinion, it's not how life's supposed to be. It's not why each and every one of us are uniquely brought to this planet. 
it really is our job, especially as women. I'm so passionate about this is women really stepping into that because when a woman steps into that and finds her most empowered self and her most confident self, the world is impacted and you may not even realize it, but I'm here to tell you the world is impacted. And that has been something that I have been so incredibly grateful to witness all the time in my business and to really be that stand for women to say, I believe in you and there's more. And don't keep going, girl. Stay the course. <laughs> stay the course. I always that became yeah. my password too. Later on, I was like, "Stay the course. You are loved." That's the other thing I heard my brother saying. Stay the course. You are loved. You know, I went through a divorce through this journey of finding myself and realized that I was in, you know, a very codependent and unhealthy, toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Found my way out of that. It's amazing what you can do. And again. I was told divorce was not an option, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something that I think a lot of people are up against too. There's certain things that you feel, I just can't make that choice. But the truth is you can, you can, because you get one shot at this life and this is your life and your happiness is paramount. Yeah. And, you know, the concept of choice, because I think so many of us are in this you know, we are raised with this idea that we don't have a choice. It's just like, this is your family. This is your lot in life, you know, make the best of it. And then, you know, kind of wait for it to end. And like you said, like, I firmly believe that like you were supposed to thrive. It isn't just about surviving until we can get to the end. You're supposed to thrive. You're supposed to, you know, live in your purpose, find joy, find bliss, like be excited about something. And I remember when I was going through my own kind of transformation, like the one thing that kept coming up for me is I need to be passionate about what I'm doing. I have to be passionate. Like the word passionate just kept coming up. I want to wake up and be excited every day. Right. And, you know, I didn't hate my job, but I didn't, wasn't excited to get up and go to work. I was excited about the money. Yeah. Because, you know, I got paid well, but it didn't fulfill me. And it was like this constantly nagging, like, is this it? Is this life? And there was a part of me that knew hard, right? Yeah. When you're not on your path and you're not aligned with your soul, you're here to be. It's hard. I remember being on Wall Street and constantly being brought into the boardroom and saying, do you think there's a yellow brick road for you here? Like, get to work. You're not not living up to your potential. And I'm sitting there thinking I am. Yeah. The truth of the matter was I'm out of alignment with who I am. So it's a challenge. And I see this all the time with women too. They just keep banging their head against the wall. And they're like, I got to make this work. I got to make this work. The question you should be asking yourself is, am I out of alignment with who I'm here to be and take that risk and risk it all and run towards that? Because it is going to blow your mind how exactly. beautiful and abundant and prosperous it is. Yeah. I mean, and in my situation, you know, when I lost my corporate job, it was an HR issue and I went into this fight for my job. You know, I was fighting for my job. I was, you know, and I remember waking up one morning with this like clarity that said, what are you fighting for? Like you're fighting to go back to what you were questioning like, why? <laughs> Let the universe give you this gift. And then I just like threw up my hands and said, okay, this is, that's it. Fine. Let it go. And yeah. I had no idea what was on the other side of that. I had no idea. It yeah. turned out to be such a gift. Actually, it turned out to be the, the greatest gift ever. And I had no idea what was on the other side of divorce. And I had no idea what was yeah. on the other side of leaving Wall Street and going into entrepreneurial life. And yeah. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. I was broke, completely broke. 
you know, and I just went in with full faith. And when you do that, when you're in alignment, it will always work out. It will always work out. It will always work out. Always. Not to say that there won't be tough days and it's not to say that it's going to be a windfall right away, but every step of that journey is going to be so worth the struggle. So true. She's so much closer to who you're here to be. Yeah. So how do you define, so you talk about, you know, guiding people to create their purposeful lives. How do you define purpose for people? Because I think people struggle with that term a lot. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting term because it does feel a little arrogant, like, (laughs) right? For some women, I think it feels a little arrogant. Like I have this purpose, but you know, for me, my pain is what got turned into purpose, right? And I think for a lot of women, that might be something where you can start to really find your purpose because your story, everyone has a story, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone has experiences that when shared really help other women to step more into their purpose as well, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I coach and mentor my own teammates, it's really about digging deep into, you know, who are you and what is it that you're, you know, you, you, they say turn your passion into your purpose, but then how do I find my passion? But, you know, it, it for me, it always comes from some place of life lessons that they've learned mm. that when shared, other people can relate mm. to and see themselves in, yeah. right? And then on top of that, it's, um, mm. you know, for me, it's always about self-love because it's not easy to love yourself and to feel, you know, pretty enough or thin enough or wealthy enough or, you know, smart enough, all the things, right? But when you really realize that you are uniquely beautiful in exactly who you are, your purpose will always present itself to you. I've seen this time and time again that, listen, some people need to read books. Some people need to listen to podcasts. Some people need to just say, what do I love? What is mm-hmm. something that I do that no one does better than me, you know, and really, really dig deep into that because, and it will come. Some people want to journal it out. Some people want to talk to people and say, Hey, you know, what do you notice about me? What makes me unique to you? Mm-hmm. you no, know, ask your friends, ask people you trust and love because everyone has one. And when you find it, it will be monetized. It will give you the abundance that you search for and desire and deserve for sure. Yeah. And, you know, abundance doesn't necessarily mean money. Like it could be like abundance in terms of like, I found something that I absolutely love to do, you know, like sing, paint, whatever, you know, rescuing Rescuing animals. Yeah. Or, you know, it doesn't always have to be a job, a paint, you know, your purpose could be that you are, you know, helping rescue animals or you're running a not-for-profit or you know, there's so many ways to go. And you're right. Abundance is not just money, of course, but it is feeling that way when you wake up, as you discuss, that says, I'm excited for what my life is. And I'm excited for what it is that I get to do every day. And that's how you know you're living your purpose. Yeah. And your purpose will always come from inside you. Your purpose is no nowhere out there. <laughs> and I think it's that's external. Right. And that's the part, right? Like when we're living the default life, we're very disconnected from ourselves. Right. And so, you know, the inspired life is really like you talk about is really about connecting back with who we are and what's important to us and what we want. That's yeah. our inspired future. It is. And being aware of how you feel 
in certain situations, Mm -hmm. in certain environments with certain people. I think this is such a key to really being on your aligned purpose because a lot of people, you know, I talk about energy all the time with my team. And I think it's a really important topic for women to be aware of not just being responsible for the energy you bring, but the energy you surround yourself with. It can really get sticky and it can stick to you Mm -hmm. and it can dim your light. It can keep you small. It can absolutely get you off your game in, in seconds. And where you're just like, not for me, I tried, I tried. Somebody just told me I'm not doing it right. And I've experienced this on my own entrepreneurial journey. I'll never forget when Facebook started doing Facebook lives, right? And I was like, oh, I'm going to use that tool. And I had a friend say to me, it's really annoying that you're going live on Facebook every day. Oh, And I took that on as mine to own. Oh my gosh, she's right. I'm annoying people. That was not mine to take. Right. So you really have to be aware of that. And it's not to say that people are going to try to put their stuff and project onto you. But when you are on this journey, you have to be really aware of what's yours to take, what's not yours, what's somebody projecting onto you, what's somebody else's thoughts, experiences, life journeys that they're trying to propel on you that is not yours to take. So that's a really important part. I think of really finding what you're, you know, you're here to do. And when you find those people, hang on to them, right? Find those people that really, they see their doers, their believers, their visionaries, they want more. They believe in you to have more. That's the best part because you need that support. You do. For sure. You need that support. I mean, that is the sole reason why I am where I am today (laughs) and B, why I run the mastermind program for women, because we were never meant to do it alone, right? Like, like you, it's like you said before, you need other people to see and believe in you before you can fully believe in yourself. You need other people to be able to recognize the badass parts of you. And when you're hiding your light, like you need to be lifted up and held. And when, like, I could just talk about this all day, because when a group of women are holding each other up. Like when we're all rising together, like that is how the world changes. That is how the paradigm about what it means to be a midlife woman changes. That's the what our daughters will see and our granddaughters will see. This is literally the world changing and us doing our part by just holding each other up. And championing. Championing each other. Yes. Enough each other enough. Again. Yeah, yeah. Because we have been taught to be in competition with other women. That's right. That's right. Which is such BS. Like, because there's enough for who made that up. And let's go find out. Let's undo that right now, right here, right here. That's done. We're done with that mentality. We're done with that thought because it is, there's so much abundance for everybody because everybody has a very specific purpose Mm -hmm. that's only specific to them. Yeah. So that's why there's no need for any competition because what I can do well is not something that you would do well. And what you do so well is not something that I would do well, but together, yeah, together, if we all come together with our unique purpose, can you imagine what can happen to this world? Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing I want to ask you about, because I've heard you mention this a couple of times is leadership. Now I truly believe that women are natural born leaders. Like, you know, the fact that we are underrepresented in the corporate and the political world and, you know, in the positions of power means nothing about the leadership potential and the leadership skills that women have, right? right? How do you, and I know you said, 
you know, stepping into a position of leadership and, you know, like what that was like for you. How do you counsel like your team, for example, in terms of accepting that leadership? Because I think women shy away from it as well, too right? Like, oh, I'm not good enough or whatever, right? Like, absolutely. How do we own that? And I also think that, you know, it's again, quite scary to think, well, what if I fail people? Mm -hmm. What if I try to lead people and I'm actually not good at it? And this was, so when I stepped into this leadership position, first of all, always surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Yes. Right. You agree? 100%. You agree? (laughs) And I think the best leaders out there are people that first of all, love and lead with a loving servant, Mm. you know, and don't put any ego in it. Yeah. I think that's key. And that's first and foremost is to have that loving servant heart Mm -hmm. and then to help others through a lot of like, for me, I'm a very curious leader. I ask a lot of questions because if you can ask a woman questions that bring out her leadership qualities and show her, huh, you doing that makes me better at what I do. And now we can all come together. And that naturally just shows them it's a confidence builder for them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Ooh, I bring that to the table, which is helping this. And then we can do this project together or collaborate on this event together because I can't do it without you. So for me, as when I bring anyone new into my organization, it's always a lot of I listen more than I, than I talk, right? I listen and I find out like, what do they like to do? What is their, you know, why did they come into this business? Number one, why do they want to be a leader? And then helping them to sort of develop that and bring it out by asking all these questions of them. And they naturally just start to step into it. And of course, loving them through all of that and, you know, going for the nose and getting out there and just saying, let's fall together, you know, like let's stumble together and see what we can find and see what happens. Because to me, that's the only way you build your leadership muscle is to keep falling and keep failing. But when you can fall with somebody, it makes it so much easier, right? It makes it so much lighter of a blow, but that's, you know, for me, it's always leading with love first. It's always asking questions like, how is life occurring for you? Not how are you going to do this job that I'm asking of you, Uh right? How is life occurring for you? Because if I don't know that part of somebody that I'm trying to work with, they may not be able to do any job if they're having trouble at home or they're feeling depressed or they're feeling anxious, Right. you know? So it's really, you know, loving them where they're at. And then of course, leading by example. And I have seen leadership skills that have just exploded out of women that never, ever thought in a million years that they could get anyone to even say yes to them to buy a lip gloss. Right. Yeah. So yeah. And to answer your question, Jennifer, every single woman is a natural born leader for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I really firmly believe that there isn't anything we can't do that we don't put our minds to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think even, you know, like, choosing ourselves, right? Uh, following our hearts, like even those decisions, whether we're in a formalized leadership position or not, like every time we choose ourselves and every time we follow our, you know, our hunches, like we are leading, right? Because somebody else is watching us somewhere, 
right? Could be our kids, another woman, a friend, you know, a person down the street, you know, a person who happened to see you on Instagram, like whatever it is, right? Like we are leading and our job, like you said, is to like come from the place of the servant's heart and like including ourselves, like serving ourselves in that. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and knowing that, you know, when you do it scared, mm. right. Knowing that that's sort of a sign right there. That's like, you're onto something. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really is true. What scares us the most is something that's most likely propelling us forward. Right. Yeah. Because growth and comfortability, they can't coexist. There's no, no coexisting with that. So you've got to feel that fear. You've got to feel a little of that anxiousness. You've got to feel that I'm about to jump off a cliff, (laughs) you know, because that is where you're learning. And that is what is going to inspire somebody else to do the same and and really sharing your story out there. Women, that in and of itself is such a leadership thing to do. Mm -hmm. Just share your story, your experience. Yeah. We're all natural born leaders as women. We're we're we pretty, uh, pretty unstoppable, I'll tell you. So true. So we could keep talking for a very long time, but thank you. Thank you for sharing this with us. And where can people find more if they're interested, you know, how you're living, you know, your inspired future and your company and all of that? Where can people find you on social media? Yes, yes, yes. So the company that I am affiliated with is Lime Life by Alcone. It is a professional makeup and all natural skincare company. So you can find me at limelifebyalcone.com, but you can also find me personally at the real MK Duffy is my handle on Instagram and it is the real mkduffy.com. So you, you can find me on those. And of course, LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook, Mary Kay Duffy hyphen Kemper and follow me there. So yeah. I hope people will join in the conversation and keep this going. And I I certainly hope that everyone starts to find and ask those questions of what am I meant to do and what is my purpose and go find that most inspired future because it is out there and you deserve it and you you are worthy of it. And you do make good decisions. (laughs) Trust yourself. Trust yourself. If we can leave this with one last thought, it's like women out there, trust yourself. And don't let anybody else try to tell you how to think or be or do. Yes, so true. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this conversation. It was uh, so good. Thank you for sharing your story and your experiences with us. I know that there are going to be a lot of listeners who are going to take huge chunks of information from this. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And to my listeners, if you like what you heard today, we would love it if you would give us a rating or review, or even more importantly, if you would share this with a friend who might find something really important for them in this. So rate, review, or share would mean so much to us. So thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.